0: Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Fire and Ice podcast. Today is Friday, September eighth. My name is Chris Crawford. Thanks so much for joining us. I am joined today by my buddy Drew Silva. Drew, how's your morning going?
1: Awesome, man. Just looking over um, my my betting plays from that Chiefs Lions game. Sky Moore over. Oh wait, no. Uh, <laughs> Canarius Tony receptions. Oh wait, wait, wait. What? Ha- I missed. I missed the. What happened?
0: Oh man, I hope he that was a have... bit.
1: That was a bit.
0: Yeah, it's a good bit. It's a good bit. I hope he didn't have right. over on Travis Kelsey either, which was the most obvious of obvious not plays, by the way. The fact anyone had any hope of that actually happening uh, was not there. I felt terrible for Gadarius Tony. Um, if you had over uh three drop passes, I think you hit the over on that one. That was pretty brutal. That's what
1: I was looking at. That's yeah. what I was looking
0: at. <laughs> That's what you were looking at for sure. Um, We're going to be talking about some baseball. We're going to be offering you some streaming options. We're going to be offering you some stacks for your daily fantasy play. We're also going to brag about some pitching uh, that we picked up yesterday. So that was nice. But most importantly, let's talk about the fact that the website, Drew, is live. Sportstopia.io is now live. Tons of great information there. You're going to be able to get daily rankings. You're going to get some options for prize picks. You're going to get a whole lot of great stuff cannot recommend it enough it's sportstopia.io all right so now that we've gotten the important plug out of the way let's take a look drew is there any weather or well i know there's injury stuff that we got to talk about but is there any weather stuff that we got to be taking an eye on today
1: yeah um not really actually this um this first Afternoon game at Wrigley Field. We love a Friday afternoon Wrigley Field game, but it Mm -hmm. looks like there's a chance of some kind of delay and may I I doubt a postponement. It looks like it's going to blow through but like a 23% Mm -hmm. chance of rain at game time with with a lot of wind if they do get that one in the balls could be actually the the wind is blowing in so the balls wouldn't be flying. Um, A little bit of chance of rain at Dodgers at Nationals, Brewers at Yankees, but nothing like that really screams out postponement. I think we should be pretty safe to at least get these games all in on this full Friday slate, even if there is a delay or two across the board.
0: Yeah, that's nice to hear. And of course, injury-wise, like I said, there's a lot going on here, but the biggest one here is you're going to have to keep an eye on Mookie Betts. Uh, leaves on crutches. Uh, it does sound like they have avoided structural damage. It's, uh, initial x-rays coming back negative, but a guy who is in the MVP hunt and then some is somebody that you've got to make sure is actually in the lineup before you put in. And there's a bunch of other guys that we got to keep an eye on today.
1: Yeah. Um, Austin Riley sticks out. He was scratched from, or actually just held out of the 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 Braves lineup for their series finale on Thursday against the Cardinals because of an illness they they said he was he was vomiting all night too much information on on Wednesday um, manager Brian Snitker said it seemed like just kind of a 24 hour type of mm. stomach bug um, so there's a chance he could play. In Friday's series opener at Pittsburgh, but that's something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, Alex Verdugo missed Wednesday's series finale against the Rays due to hamstring discomfort. It's unclear if he's going to be ready to go in Boston's big series opener against the Orioles on Friday. Uh, keep an eye out on that. Tim Anderson of the White Sox was scratched from Wednesday's series finale against the Royals because of a stiff, stiff neck. Uh, we'll see if he gets back in action Friday at Detroit. Anderson also missed some time with a neck issue uh, last month, like I think he missed two games. It was right around the time of his suspension, which probably will hopefully help him heal. But the fact that he's still dealing with it right now suggests that it's more than just a little day to day thing. Uh, Lane Thomas has that sore back that has been lingering, and an MRI showed only inflammation. But the fact that he was sent for an MRI suggests it was, you know, he was in some significant discomfort. He's been one of the best hitters for the Nationals all year. Uh, So keep an eye out on that. DJ Stewart has been really good for the Mets, bringing a ton of power. uh, But he missed the last two games with a back issue and would be questionable for Friday. Hunter Renfro dealing with a hamstring issue now on the Reds, not the Angels. We'll see if he's in there for Cincinnati on Friday. And then Shohei Otani continues to be absent with an oblique issue as as he decides what to do with his injured throwing elbow. Um, He could be facing an early shutdown. I, I almost feel like he should just shut himself down. He's kind of making the calls right now with, with free agency looming. Um, and then some other big news uh, beyond Mookie Betts. Adolis Garcia, uh, the mm. Rangers' d- dynamic outfielder, was placed on the injury list Thursday with a strained patellar tendon, they're calling it, in his right knee. Um, he's going in for some exams. They're not exactly sure how much time he's going to miss, but it, it sounds like a it could be a pretty significant injury. could be down for a while. Evan Carter uh, getting the call to replace him Carter had a really brief, he was just promoted to triple a like at the beginning of this month.
0: Yeah.
1: But now rises all the way to the majors, a a second round pick in 2020 out of a a Tennessee high school. What are we thinking here? I, I I already locked him in as, as one of my potential value plays um, because I I think he's going to be relatively cheap and I think he's going to get right in the lineup. There's some speed there. There's some pop there. Um, you know, he, he hit at all levels of the minors. I, I I don't think he would be up this year if, if they didn't suddenly lose a Garcia and the Rangers have dealt with a couple of other major injuries as well. Are, are you excited about Evan Carter? There's been a lot of these man guys jumping basically from double a right to the majors.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm probably more cautiously optimistic than super excited about it. I think my issue with Carter is going to be There's a lot of things he does well. I'm not sure there's anything he does great. So I don't know if you're looking at like a fantasy star, especially out of the gate. Like when you're talking about the 2080 scale, certainly a chance to hit for average 55 to 60, 55 to 60 power, probably closer to 55 in that regard. And maybe even 50 will provide some stolen bases. He's that type of guy who I think can do a little bit of everything, but these guys tend to be better real life players than fantasy players, right? These are the type of guys that like the guy who can hit 275 and give you 20 homers and 75 to 80 RBIs and 15 to 20 stolen bases. There's certainly value in that, but he's never your outfielder one or your outfielder two. That's more of the guy that you want as your outfielder three, maybe even a guy that you have on the bench and you're using as a, as a, uh, a matchup dependent type of guy. And especially early on, you know, I do think there might be some struggles. There's no question about the talent. I do remember that a lot of people were wondering who the heck is this guy when he got drafted. There was very little information on him. Seemed like just kind of like a signing thing. It looks like the Rangers knew what the heck they were talking about here because he has quickly become one of the better outfield prospects in baseball. I do think he's a better real-life guy than a fantasy guy, but there is certainly value in that. All right, let's take a look at some stacks. I think there's some pretty good ones this time, Drew. Uh, Yesterday, we were kind of, uh, by the way, good call on not stacking the Mariners when you were talking about not wanting to do that. It was an excellent play because the Mariners got all of one run. We'll talk about why that was enough in just one second. But today, I think there is some excellent streaming options. Uh, Who are you looking to go through this week?
1: Yeah, I I like the Dodgers. Even I'm going to remove Mookie Betts from my stack, obviously. Um, We'll we'll call that they're playing at the Nationals on on Friday after finishing up a series against the Marlins. We'll call this like my pay-up stack. It's it's got some more expensive bats like Freddie Freeman, Mm -hmm. Will Smith, but I don't know. There's some value here, too, with Chris Taylor, Ahmed Rosario. The Dodgers rolled to a 10-0 victory in Thursday's series finale at Miami. I like them to keep it working in Friday's series opener at Washington. They're facing young left-hander Mackenzie Gore, who is generally taking a very positive step forward this season, but the Nationals are, are starting to closely monitor his workload. He's had a big innings jump this year. It's probably not going to be a very deep start, and their bullpen is one that you want to attack right now Yeah, um, and really attack all year. We'll go righty-heavy with our ch- choices here. You know, Freeman, Smith, Taylor, Rosario, I think, gets a start as well. Mackenzie um, Gore's actually fared pretty well against righties this year on, on the whole, part of that encouraging development that I talked about. But he's prone to giving up hard contact to them. And this is a Dodgers lineup that is capable of a lot of hard contact, even though it's it's missing pieces. It's going to be without Mookie Betts, without J.D. Martinez. I think they roll into the nation's capital and take care of business this weekend to further build that runaway lead in the national league west standings uh currently 13 games up on on the diamondbacks for first place so they can clinch that thing uh about about the middle of this month
0: yeah that's that's it'll be interesting to see who clinches first atlanta or the dodgers both of them are just absolutely rolling through this season um Drew, I'm going to take a pitcher against your Cardinals, and I'm going to be taking someone who has your first name, too. That seems like a, a double mean one, but I'm going to take the Reds against the Cardinals, which, uh, look, the Cardinals have had a lot of success this uh, in previous seasons. Not a lot of success this year, and while I do think Drew Rom was a very nice pickup in the Jack Flaherty trade who offers some back-end starter ability, Hasn't been particularly effective so far at the major league level. Has one decent start and then a couple of clunkers. And the Cincinnati playing for their playoff lives, I like that lineup. Uh, I like going with Christian and Encarnacion-Strand, Spencer Steer, uh, Ellie De La Cruz, and I'll go TJ Friedel as well to give me a, a hit and maybe a stolen base as well. Like all four of those options. Again, I think it's more about the fact that Rom just hasn't shown me that he's ready to be an effective starter every time out. And these guys have put up some awfully nice numbers. Spears, especially impressed me in that series against my Seattle Mariners not too long ago. All four of these guys have a chance, I think, to have big fantasy nights.
1: I think you were referencing Andrew Abbott as sharing a first name with me. No, no. Uh, Drew Rom is sharing oh. a name. That that flew over my head because holy whoa! <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm not I'm not an Andrew, and it's not because I don't want to be called Andrew. That's it's Drew on my birth certificate. And now I'm gonna yeah. have to look up if if Drew Rom is an actual Drew because whenever I meet someone that's Drew, I, I, my first question is, well, what "Is your name actually Andrew?" <laughs> and it's I I think I think I've asked probably a thousand people that, and I've only gotten like two where it's actually their their real name on their birth certificate is Drew. And I'm, I'm the other one, so you're a lucky guy to be on a show with me and, and be able to talk to me, you know, in general. That's right. Um, no, but I, I like I I I'm I'm fine with the Cardinals getting Drew Round for Jack Flaherty. Makes sense to get a cost-controlled young arm, but I'm not like bullish on him right now. hopefully mm-hmm. I'll become a little more bullish on him in the long term. Um, my my other stack, I called my my I called my Dodgers choice my the payup stack. This will be Uh, the pay less stack, like the shoe store Uh, giants versus Rockies giants hosting the Rockies. Um, If you, if you want to like pay up to grab one of the top starters on the board, Kodai Senga, or or even Blake Snell, and and you need some budget bats. I'd look to San Francisco um, as they host left-hander Ty black and the Rockies Ty black gave up five earned runs on nine hits and three walks last time out against the blue Jays. San Francisco can go heavily right-handed in this one. I like Tyro Estrada, Austin Slater, J.D. Davis, Casey Schmidt. Um, Slater probably batting leadoff as he's done against lefties. Uh, Estrada right behind him, hopefully, in the two-hole. I'd like that one-two attack at the top of that lineup. I'd consider Wilmer, Wilmer Flores as, as an attractive option as well. Maybe Mitch Haniger. A lot of good value plays in this one with, with the right-handed bats that the Giants can put out there. You know, that offense... Has been pretty brutal lately. Mm-hmm. They had a stretch of of scoreless games and they're on a six-game losing streak. But you know, this team's only two and a half games back of the, the third NL wildcard spot despite this downturn. It's a must-win game. It's a must-win series for the Giants if they want to keep their postseason dreams alive. Or I don't know, maybe you can limp into the NL side of the playoff bracket on a losing streak. It is kind of a mess, as we've talked about on previous shows. Yeah, maybe the Diamondbacks can run away with it. That that third NL wild card spot, I'd say they're the best equipped to do it. You know, welcome to the show. Jordan Lawler got his first major league hit in his debut Thursday at Wrigley Field. We talked about Jordan Lawler on Thursday's show, but yeah, if you're looking for a low cost stack, I, I target the Giants as you know they host a, a bad on the road and bad at home Rockies team.
0: Before we, I give you my other stack. Uh, our producer Sean tells us that he is a Drew according to Wikipedia and not an Andrew. You have a new favorite player. You've got time to go down and get that jersey. Um, I'm going
1: to do my own research. I'm going to do my own research on that one.
0: Fair enough. But we appreciate our producer, Sean, looking into that one. Uh, I am going to stack against Luis Severino whenever I can. And today that option is the Brewers. Look, Severino threw... At the end of August, a couple of really good starts against the Tigers and Nationals, but it's uh, 13 and two-thirds innings of shutout baseball. And even with that, he lowered his ERA to 6.75 and he was not effective against the Houston Astros whatsoever in his last one, four innings of four-run baseball with a couple of home runs. At one point, Severino looked like he was going to be maybe a top-of-the-rotation fantasy option. He's anything but that, at least right now. I'm only going to go with three this time, but I'm going to take Wilson Contreras, Willie Adames, and Christian Yellick. That's going to be my kind of expensive stack, but I'm a little more efficient because I'm only going with three instead of four. Brewers, of course, I, I talk about it a lot, but I like motivated teams playing at this point. Brewers are playing for a chance to not only win that division, but do a little bit of damage in the postseason as well. So I'll take those three guys, and I like my chances against a pitcher that just hasn't been effective in Luis Severino.
1: The, the optimizer likes the the Brewers in general. Like it, it spit out Colin Ray multiple times as like a, a decent low cost starting pitching you know person to attack, and it, and it likes a lot of their hitters um, at Yankee Stadium. Which, hey man, I I kind of get it. Like, and and I, I'd even look at like some betting lines on that one and, and see if you you can grab a motivated Brewers team rolling into the Bronx. I, I think that's that's a, that's a game to attack that not maybe many people will be necessarily looking at.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a look at some pitching options. But before we do that, Drew, we got to pat ourselves on the back because we picked Ryan Pepio and Luis Castillo yesterday, and they shoved Ryan Pepio throwing six perfect innings was fantastic and as efficient as it can get. Luis Castillo not so efficient with four walks but he did get eight strikeouts and six shutout innings so you're very welcome. Um, we will uh, just ignore when we don't do well but we will absolutely brag when we do well. Um, some fine fantasy options I think going on Friday night. Who is are some of the names that you're looking at today?
1: Yeah. Love a full slate really gets to, to pick it out. Well, I guess we're ignoring the, the game at Wrigley Field, but yes. in general, 14 games on, on the the main slate for this Friday night. Kodai mm-hmm. uh, Senga at the Twins. I, I mentioned earlier paying up for Senga, like the optimizer loves him among the, the top pitching options on this slate. And you can see why, you know, facing a, a Twins team that strikes out more than any other team by a pretty wide margin. It's crazy that they're leading the American league central um, with how anemic that offense can be at times senga racked up 12 strikeouts over seven innings of one run ball in his last turn through the Mets rotation against your Mariners. Yeah. That was on September 1st. Um, and he does usually get like a, a day of extra rest between starts. That's been happening more often than not this year, but he's on especially extra rest. For this one. So I like that aspect and the start before that outing against Seattle, he put up 10 strikeouts in six and two thirds innings against the Angels. This has been a really good debut major league season for the 30 year old out of Japan, who should command some NL rookie of the year love even as as Corbin Carroll gets the large majority of of the votes, at least the first place votes. Uh, has posted a 3.08 ERA with 176 strikeouts through his first 143 and a third big league innings. A lot has certainly gone wrong for the Mets this season, and they're going to have an interesting offseason. But that yeah. five-year, $75 million commitment to Senga seems like a smart and good thing in the short term and the long term He has not faced the twins yet, um, but I think he's going to have a fun time in doing so on Friday at Minnesota. Lots of swing and miss potential there. And man, he could really eat it up and, and just rack up fantasy scoring points.
0: Yeah. I like that call a lot. Is he second by the way, for rookie of the year at this
1: point? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I'd have to really dig into it. We can include that on, on a show next week and break down the rookie of the year awards. In the NL, though, I mean, it's, it's spoken for. There'd be no reason to, like, place a, a play on anyone other than Carroll. Like, yeah. he's missed some time, and it doesn't really matter.
0: It doesn't matter. The the numbers are just too good. And the fact, while voters may say it doesn't, the fact that he plays on a, a team that is probably going to the postseason isn't going to hurt him either. Uh, I'm going to go with a couple of young lefties. I'm going to go with Andrew Abbott pitching against, and it's Andrew. We we know it's not Drew. We know it's Andrew Abbott pitching thank against the Cardinals. Had a couple of shaky starts at the end of August, but bounced back really nicely against the Cubs on Saturday. Sixth the third innings of one-run baseball with five strikeouts and two walks. August ERA of 6.08, which actually doesn't bother me that much. Like, get those struggles out of the way in August. I'm good with that. There's going to be some regression to the mean. And the fact that he's playing against a not very good St. Louis team right now gives him a chance to pick up that W, Give me six innings of two-run baseball with around six or seven strikeouts. And at a price that is not going to break your bank and gives you a chance to add either another really good starting pitcher or maybe a couple of fantasy quality guys at the top of the lineup. I like that a lot. And then I'm also going to take the risk with Kyle Harrison. Look, there's been a lot of a very short time. You've seen the best of Kyle Harrison and you've seen the uh oh with Kyle Harrison. But There is no denying that this dude can miss bats. Like the type of starter that can give you multiple, like multiple double digit strikeouts in a month. That type of stuff with that fastball and slider. Colorado is just not a very good baseball team. I will take the chance with Kyle Harrison to have a big night. It might be a little bit of a contrarian play because he didn't look great in that last start. We like contrarian plays here. So I will go ahead and go with Kyle Harrison in this one.
1: Yeah. You, you get that Rockies lineup out of Coors field. You got to attack it. I I did look up the NL rookie of the year odds because I'm just a a curious drew. Yes. Um, and drew not a curious Andrew. That's right. Uh, Corbin Carroll is minus 10,000. Kodai Senga is second at at plus 2,200 Spencer Steer at at plus 8,000 James Outman at at plus 20,000. So you get, you get the picture there. Um, my other starting pitcher that I'm going to recommend is say Kikuchi versus the Royals. This mm. is more of a you know, mid-tier play on the board in, in terms of the cost, but it's a pretty elite matchup for Kikuchi and a yeah. chance to bounce back after he struggled at Coors Field in his previous turn in the Blue Jays rotation. Uh, overall this year for Kikuchi, a, a 3.63 ERA with 152 strikeouts and 143 2 and two-third innings. Kansas City doesn't actually strike out as much as you'd think without you know like digging into some some numbers, but there also isn't very much hard hitting going on yeah. in that lineup. The twenty fifth ranked offense in combined team OPS. I'm liking a bounce back for Kikuchi now that he's settled back to sea level. Uh, this game is in Toronto. He faced the Royals. Well, that was like on the opening week of the season. Um, it was back in early April. Worked five yeah. innings of one run ball going to be licking his chops to get another opportunity at him. I I credit Kikuchi for like sticking in the Blue Jays rotation, essentially all year. Remember he was like having a battle for one of those final few spots in the spring. This is a big series for the Blue Jays. It's a big weekend for obviously any contender or would be contender. Toronto though, currently has that third AL wildcard spot by only a half game edge on the Rangers. I, I, I see them, you know, motivation, any kind Mm -hmm. of narrative you want. I think Kikuchi has a really good outing um, in a, in a good, good chance for a win. He's going to pitch deep into the game to preserve their bullpen. I, I, I think it really all comes together for him to be a pretty good value among the starting pitching options on this Friday slate.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good call, especially with the fact that, you know, one of Kikuchi's biggest issues can be that not always a great strike thrower but you're facing a lineup that does not walk like they are allergic to them. They're going to be free yeah. swingers. So I, that's less of an issue. Uh, a question in the chat is what do you guys think of Braddish at Boston tonight? I think that's an interesting option. Um, he's been effective. Uh, Boston lineup hasn't looked spectacular. They're fighting for their, I mean, they're, kind of out of this thing if you can if you ask me just because of how many teams they have to overcome but I think that's an interesting second one I'd want to pair them with somebody who's going to give me a little more strikeouts a little more upside but I think you can justify it
1: yeah I mean I I don't hate it as like yeah the second if you're playing in a a two slate kind of form or two two starter kind of Mm -hmm. format to, to pair him with a Kodai Senga or, you know, even Blake Snell. I mean, sure. the optimizer kind of likes Blake Snell. that's a, It's a big cost to pay up for him, but,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: he could win NL Cy Young,
0: which yeah. is,
1: is kind of crazy in a year that has just been awful for the Padres if, if they actually get a Cy Young award winner out of this. Um, it's, it's, the, the optimizer yeah. really likes George Kirby, a guy we didn't talk about. Um, yeah. And, and maybe some Taj Bradley maybe get, racking up some strikeouts against your Mariners, but those are yeah. actually the top two pitchers in, in terms of like ownership percentage and, and and potential value is George Kirby and Taj Bradley.
0: It makes sense. I will say that as somebody who's watched George Kirby, he has not looked particularly great in the last few outings, a little bit of regression to the mean, but a good bounce back category. And yeah, Seattle obviously offers a ton of swing and miss. Just put Eugenio Suarez down for two strikeouts right now. I still love you, Gino, and keep playing that great defense. Uh, let's take a look at some options that aren't where well, we're not going to be stacking. Some maybe cheaper options that uh, we could take a look at. Anybody really stand out? I will say this: um, the one that immediately stood out as I'm looking at this on the Contrarian Optimizer. And make sure you use that promo code in the bottom to get a free trial of it. We cannot recommend this thing enough. It is so effective. It is so easy to use definitely go check that out. And again, a reminder that the SportsTopia.io website is live. I'm just going to promote the heck out of that every time I can because it is awesome stuff. But Brandon Drury, I like that option a lot as a left, as a right-handed bat going up against uh, a Southpaw tonight. I think that can be a really nice play. How about you, Drew? Anybody really stand out?
1: Harrison Bader really sticks out. Revenge game, you know, facing the Cardinals, facing a left-hander for all of Bader's flaws and there are a lot but he he still plays excellent defense in center field and he rakes left-handed pitching and you know yeah. the reds have used him like in a direct platoon he got he's gotten in the lineup against some righties with with Hunter Renfro being sidelined and they have some other outfield injuries but they're pretty much just playing him against left-handed pitching and if you have the luxury to do that I don't know if the Reds actually do, but it's it's the way to utilize Harrison Bader is like just facing lefties and, and as a defensive replacement. And he's he's really cheap. He could bat sort of high in, in the order in that one, too. I, I mentioned Evan Carter earlier. If he if he does get into the lineup and you know these teams have been aggressive with these like double A call ups and the Rangers need him. I, I think it's it's a safe bet that Evan Carter is going to start in his first major league game. Let's roll the dice there at a cheap price to, to fill an outfield spot. And, yeah, I mean, baseball's hard, but over the last few weeks, like some of these September call-ups have, have fared pretty well in their first game, and maybe Evan Carter can do the same. Um, Alejandro Kirk is is relatively inexpensive at catcher. pressed into everyday action for the Blue Jays as Danny Jansen recovers from a, a fractured finger. Kirk's had a really disappointing season. I liked him a lot in season-long leagues. He has not come through, but, you know, he can run into some big hits against – Who's even starting for the Royals? Colin Snyder. Um, So uh, kind of a bullpen game. The optimizer likes a Blue Jays stack too. That's a decent route. Just go, you you say Kikuchi and and a bunch of Blue Jays hitters. I think you could be in pretty good shape. Um, Really cheap outfield option, Ramon Lariano. If he gets into the Guardians lineup against the Angels, Lariano still offers a bit of power and speed. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not as plentiful as it was in his prime, but you know, their scoring potential in his skill set and the Guardians have kind of had to play him recently. Another inexpensive option if if you need help covering some of those outfield spots.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, Brent Rooker also, I think, is an interesting option. Oh, yeah. a good chance to hit a homer tonight um, against Jordan Montgomery and the lefties. You know, we're not recommending A's too often on the show if we're being uh, completely honest with you, but I do think that is an interesting play. Uh, one two more time before we go, please go to sportstopia.io and check everything out. We've got a bunch of stuff already up there. We've got week one dynasty rankings for our week one rankings for NFL stuff. There's dynasty stuff, I'm sure, as well. We're going to be having a ton of content. I'm going to be putting up a prize pick article, looking at some overs and unders uh, that'll be up shortly this afternoon. There's just a ton of great stuff. And reminder, it is sportstopia.io is the way to check that out. Uh, thanks everyone so much for joining us today. Uh, you can follow us on whatever they're calling that website now. I'm at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Drew is at Drew Silf. We really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Good luck with all of your picks and we will see you soon.